friends and welcome to another Sunday edition of Different Church. It is the weekend of July 4th, so I hope that you were able to spend some time outside, perhaps have a day off. Um, this is our last official video service before we have our grand reopening <laughs> next Sunday, July 12th, so don't miss it. There were there are quite a few safety precautions that we are taking, so the most important one to know is that we will be social distancing in the auditorium and you must wear a mask to be permitted in. So if you do not have a mask, uh, one will be provided for you. And there will be an online option if you would feel more comfortable staying at home, we will be able to stream the service for you. So very excited to see you next week. But for now, we are going to jump right in. Now, we're going to continue our discussion that we had last week in Romans chapter six. So last week, we talked about how absurd it would be for the prodigal son, this kid who ran off with his inheritance, wasted it all, ended up completely broke, eating the, pit, the food that pigs eat. And he came home and he had a big party and his family welcomed him, even though he wasn't expecting it and didn't deserve it. How absurd it would be for him to run off with a bunch of money again so that he could then have another party. So that's what we talked about last week. And we talked about the gift of freedom that God has given us, freedom of thought, freedom of action, and freedom of imagination. So today we're going to dive right back in to Paul's complex argument in chapter six and pick up where we left off in verse six. So we're gonna read verses six through 11 of Romans six. Let's read together. <clears throat> we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer enslaved to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead, to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Now, <laughs> that's a lot of words and it's very easy to get lost in what Paul is trying to say here. So we're gonna break it down and hopefully at the end of this, we'll have some kind of better understanding. So Paul's entire aim in this passage is to help people who need to learn or at least need to be reminded of the new identity that they have as baptized Christians. So the basic move he makes is he places them on a map that he drew in chapter five, but two plus two always equaled four. And that was a true all along, even though we might not be, have been aware of the answer. That's kind of what Paul is saying here. Until you add up the money in your cash register at the end of the day, you might not know how much you made in one day, but adding it up doesn't make the amount in there a penny less or a penny more than it was to begin with. So Paul is telling us to add up work out this calculation so that we can learn the answer, become aware of the answer that was true all along. Paul is not telling us to muster up some fake contrived spiritual courage so we can have this fresh leap of faith in which we just imagine ourselves to be sinless entirely, or we imagine that nothing will ever go wrong in our lives ever again. That's not the point. The point is, it is often very difficult for us to believe the answer once we've worked out the calculation. But that's where faith comes in. Faith consists not of shutting our eyes and trying to just blindly believe the impossible, 
which would be that we will never do anything wrong ever again (laughs) and nothing will ever go wrong in our lives. But faith is actually opening our eyes to the reality of Jesus and his representative death and resurrection and to the reality of our standing as baptized people of faith and believing members in Jesus people, (laughs) believing members of God's children. We are in the Messiah. That's what Paul is saying in verse 11. Remember who you really are so that you can act accordingly. And perhaps a metaphor or an illustration might help us with this, help us to think about it. So imagine with me for a moment (laughs) that you are renting, you're renting a little apartment from a landlord who is like the worst person of all time, a terrible bully. He is always demanding extra payments from you for no reason. He comes into your house without asking at all hours of the day and night. He threatens you with legal action. He threatens you with violence. If you don't give in to his demands immediately and you get used to doing what this guy says out of fear and there doesn't seem to be any way out, you are just living perpetually afraid that he's going to come into your apartment and attack you if you don't do what he says. But then to your relief, you find a better place to live. And a friend of yours generously gives you the money to pay off and break the lease. And you move out, you take your belongings, you settle into your new apartment. But then to your horror, a few days later, this old crazy landlord comes banging on your door. And when you open the door, you didn't know it was him. He barges straight into your house and starts yelling at you and demanding that you pay him more money and that the lease wasn't broken correctly after all. And he's going to take you to court and he's going to hurt you and your family and on and on and on. And this old habit that you have of giving into his demands returns and you are strongly tempted to just make him go away, to just give in, to not resist. But you know, you know, you are not his tenant anymore. You have the paperwork. You saw the paperwork. You have a copy of it. The final bill was paid. You don't owe him anything. And even though you may be still afraid of this person, you can tell him to leave. He doesn't have any claim on you. And he has to leave because despite all of these threats, the paperwork doesn't actually lie. You don't owe this person a dime. And Paul's verse 11 is exactly like that. He says, remember the paperwork. (laughs) Remember who you really are. Don't give in to the voices that tell you you are still over here in Adam, in the old nature after all. Don't give in to the voices that say that you have to behave and think like you used to. Resisting temptation isn't a matter of pretending that you wouldn't find it easier (laughs) to just give in. It's a matter of learning to think clearly again. After all the years of thinking the old way, and to actually act on what you know to be true. It's a matter of learning to think clearly again. So verse 11 says, remember who you really are so that you can act accordingly. But who are you? (laughs) Who are you now? After all, how are we to know? So to think about who we are now, it's important to think about and note who we were at once upon a time. So once upon a time, we were actually in the old nature. We were in the old Adam. We were in the old type of humanity. 
and we were listening to its demands and we were doing what it told us to do and we weren't thinking twice about it. And of course, this is not an exhaustive list <laughs> and everything is not true of every person. We all have our own narratives, right? We all have our own narratives of death. We all have our own chosen poison. We all have the things that we struggle with the most in our life. And what I struggle with may not be the same thing that you struggle with. But here are some of the things that may have been true of us. We were angry, bitter, jealous, fooled into doing whatever we needed to do to be accepted by others. We would lash out, attacking anyone who we felt was demeaning us. We were anxious, restless, always in search of the next thing to make us happy, make us forget who we really are, give us some sort of self-confidence and self-worth. We were depressed, hopeless. We battled intrusive thoughts and negative self-talk about our bodies, our worth, our futures, our relationships. We were greedy with our financial resources and our time, hoarding all of the good that came into our lives for ourselves and always seeking more, not caring who we stepped on in the process. Once we felt out of control, <laughs> dragged along by external forces with little hope to get out of the cycle. But, 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 we don't live in that old apartment anymore with that old bully for a landlord. And even when those patterns of thinking come up again and again, and the old landlord comes banging on your front door, we have to remember who we are now. We must remind ourselves of the paperwork. And we must remember who we are so we can act accordingly. So who are we? What marks us out as being not over here in the old nature, but over here. We are patient. <laughs> That's a big one. We are patient with other people and we are patient with ourselves, even when we don't want to be. We are kind and we do not tolerate negative talk against other people and we don't tolerate it when we say negative things about ourselves. We are content. We don't give in to the lie that tells us we need more and more and more to be happy. We surround ourselves with people we love and things and activities that bring life into our lives. We may still deal with anxiety and depression and intrusive thoughts, but we know at our core, at our foundation, that actually we are valuable, worthy, and enough. We are generous to those people who deserve it and to the people who don't. Because we know at one time we didn't deserve any generosity and yet God has been infinitely generous with us. We are hopeful even when things seem bleak because we understand that we are the hope that we want to see in the world. And the very hope we need starts inside each one of us. We have given up the illusion of control and we are now able to trust, trust in God, trust in ourselves, trust in each other. Even when life is difficult and we have questions, we know fundamentally that we are cared for and loved. 
And maybe you don't feel like all or even most of those are true, (laughs) but that's the point after all. Even if you don't feel like they are true, they are true. You have to remember who you are now. You have to remember that you don't live over here anymore. You don't have to give in to this, the demands. What is true of Jesus is true of you and you have freedom now. You have freedom to hope, to dream, to be, to imagine, to inspire, to fix what's wrong with the world. You have freedom to fix yourself. You have freedom to love other people and to love yourself. And I just want to give you a small phrase that I heard recently on Queer Eye, love that show, as a mantra for this week. So say it to yourself whenever you start to have these thoughts, whenever you start to have these spiraling things in your mind going round and around, telling you that you're not enough, you're not worthy, you can't do this, you still live over here, you're never going to get out of this pattern, you're never going to get out of these destructive cycles. This is what you say. I am enough and I have enough time. I am enough and I have enough time. Remind yourself of the paperwork. Jesus said you're redeemed. Jesus said you're free. Jesus said, period, the end. (laughs) That's the end of the story. You are redeemed and free now. You are a person of faith. You don't live there anymore and you don't owe them anything. So we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. So remind yourself that you are enough. You have enough time. And I am going to give us a benediction for the rest of the week. And then we will see each other shortly. So let us pray. Children of God, do not hesitate to bring your pleas to God. He is a companion in highs and lows. She delights in the intimacy of our honest expressions of self. The presence of God welcomes us as we are. We bring our questions and our uncertainties. We come when we are hurting and afraid. We come when we are weary and grieving. We will not be turned away. In honesty and with authenticity, we meet God and we meet each other. Amen. So until I see you in person, or perhaps if you watch online (laughs) next week, until I see you virtually, stay safe um, and remind yourself of the paperwork. You don't owe a cent. You are enough and you have enough time. Bye friends.